Life Audio. Christian Parent Crazy World with Katherine Seegers is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. I am your host, Katherine Siggers, and in today's episode, we will tackle this really tough question. How can God forgive sins like abuse, rape, and murder? (laughs) Yeah, you know, I, I keep those tough topics coming, don't I? There are some sins that seem unforgivable, don't they? I mean, let's be honest. And yet God forgives. But he doesn't forgive because those sins are okay. He he doesn't swipe those sins under the rug and say, you know, I'll, I'll let it slide this time, but try your best not to rape or torture and murder anyone again. Um, no. <laughs> like all caps, bold, emphatic, no, with a million exclamation points after it. That is not God's response to these awful sins. So what is his response? Well, you know, we're going to talk about that today with our good friend, Elizabeth Urbanowicz from Foundation Worldview. This is the conclusion of last week's interview where we analyzed some of the complaints and inaccurate portrayals of God in the deconstruction movement. In this episode, we're going to talk about who God is more fully so that we can truly know him. And so can our kids. That's the plan for this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World. So let's get started. Are you tired of constantly telling yourself, I shouldn't feel this way? Yet so many of us guilt trip or gaslight ourselves instead of working our way through those complicated feelings. You should be a good friend, even though you feel hurt by past betrayals. You should be content, even though you feel lonely or unfulfilled. We've all been there, haven't we? But what if there was a way to reset these toxic mental tapes that sabotage our days? Well, there is. In her groundbreaking new book, I Shouldn't Feel This Way, Dr. Allison Cook encourages you to not just silence those thoughts, but actually come face-to-face with them. You can find emotional freedom, learn to look through the haze of conflicted feelings, and move forward in your life with confidence. Pairing biblically sound principles with over 20 years of research and clinical practice, licensed therapist and best-selling author Dr. Allison Cook guides you through a practical three-step process to find freedom you crave. Change starts when you finally stop beating yourself up for the way that you feel and say, you know what? I do feel this way and I can finally do something about it. Take the first step towards clarity and peace today with I Shouldn't Feel This Way by Dr. Allison Cook. Available now wherever books are sold. My guest again this week is Elizabeth Urbanowicz. As you know, if you tuned in last week, Elizabeth has a master's degree in education and Christian apologetics, and she is the founder and CEO of Foundation Worldview. If you didn't hear part one of the conversation, I highly recommend that you check that out. It's episode 72. I'll link it in the show notes. 
This week, Elizabeth and I continue discussing the attributes of God, especially his mercy, which is really hard to wrap our heads around. But as you will hear Elizabeth explain so beautifully in this conversation, God's mercy doesn't mean that horrible things that happen in this world are okay. Huh? uh God is not cavalier about these awful sins. Quite the contrary. In fact, he paid the ultimate price to cover those sins. Now, be sure to stick around until the end of the episode because this conversation with Elizabeth went some places I, I didn't expect it to go. And I, I think that God was really trying to minister to some people in the listening audience. And I want to take a few moments to unpack that for you a little bit. Here is the conclusion of my fascinating conversation with Elizabeth Urbanowicz. That really enlightened me how these exclusive characteristics of God really help us to understand how we can be forgiven and how we can extend because we we don't operate the way God does. Right. We don't. That does not come naturally to me, but it does to God because he is immutable and he does not change. So uh, that's wonderful. And and can you think of some other examples of how deconstructionists are getting these uh, incommunicable attributes of God wrong in our culture? Yeah. So a lot of times, so a lot of times when people deconstruct, and again, every deconstruction story is unique. Well, you can look through them and find common threads. You know, what I'm saying here, it's not like, okay, this applies to every single, you know, every single person who has claimed to deconstruct. But a lot of times when people deconstruct, they don't necessarily walk away and become atheists. Right. Um, sometimes they do, but not always. A lot of times they'll just choose a different like version. And for if anybody's listening on podcast platform, you can mm-hmm. see me just put up air quotes, you know, I have yeah. air quotes, quotes up for a different version of Christianity. There really is only mm-hmm. one version of Christianity and that's the biblical version, but other people might claim, <laughs> mm-hmm. still claim the name of Christ while not following scripture. And a lot of times when people fall into a more progressive route, you know, they deconstruct their their faith and then they follow more progressive teachings what their you know like their one rule of practice is is just love you know that that God is a god of love you know and love does not cast judgment you know love does not make any mm-hmm. moral judgments you know love just accepts all it celebrates all which is not the biblical definition of love but love is kind of viewed as this all-encompassing soul attribute of god you know, so when we look at God as a whole, as he's presented in scripture, that yes, scripture is clear that God is love. You know, he, mm-hmm. God is love. And you know, what, what actually is love? You know, then we look at first Corinthians 13, which talks about what love is, you know, and then where we learn, you know, that greater love has no one than this, than that someone should lay down their life for their friends. And so, you know, like love is actually doing what is best for another person, where when you look at God's attributes as a whole, You know, when we look at the fact that God is omniscient, that God knows all, you know, and that that's connected to the fact that God is wise, God is wisdom. And so he not only knows all, but he practices what is best. You know, that's where wisdom comes in. And the fact that God is just that, you know, like it really sounds good to say, oh, you know, like God is love. God would never judge anyone, you know, God, you know, but then we think about these examples in history. I think if, if, 
if we think that love somehow can be uncoupled from justice, we know very, very little history, mm-hmm. you know, because I was I was just on a walk earlier with a friend this morning who's reading a biography of some man that was in prison for 12 years in communist Romania, you know, and just the, for being a pastor, for sharing the gospel and just the horrible things that that he went through. And she's like, you know what, when I read things like this, I am really grateful for the doctrine of hell. And it's like, yes, mm-hmm. you know, like when we learn, you know, the, the horrific crimes that have been, you know, committed by one human against another, you know, we, we think there's no way that a God who is genuinely love, who genuinely wants what is best for others would just look at that and be like, it's okay. You know, it's okay. I don't judge you. I don't judge you, you know, for repeatedly raping that person. I don't judge you, you know, for, you know, like starving that person for doing these hor- horrific crimes. No, like, when we understand what love is in connection with God's other attributes, then we can understand correctly what it means that God is love. And a God of love has to be just, you know, for little kids in this curriculum, this curriculum is for kids four on up. You know, we're not talking about people being raped or, you know, murdered in this curriculum. You know, that just would not be appropriate. But we do give the example, you know, talking examples that kids can understand. You know, what if one of your younger siblings continually stole your toys and broke them? And your parents just looked at your little sibling and said, it's okay. okay. We love you. It's Mm -hmm. not a big deal. You know, what would that cause inside of you? You would have anger and it would be a just anger, you know, because if your parents love you and they love your younger sibling, they are going to discipline that sibling, you know, so that they do not continue in that sin. And they're going to make that sibling, you know, pay you back for the toys that they broke, you know, and that's just a simple example that kids can understand. But this is something we want to prepare our kids again to understand, you know, from the whole of scripture, who is God, that we can't just take one of God's attributes and isolate it from the rest. Because if we do that, if we take one attribute and isolate it from the rest, that attribute really is no longer that attribute, you know, because if we separate love from Mm -hmm. justice or from mercy or from wisdom, love is no longer love. And so that's something for us to, you know, be on the lookout that a lot of times when people deconstruct and they follow a more progressive form of Christianity, they just focus on love where love uncoupled from these other attributes is not genuinely love. (laughs) They have to be seen uh, in in tow with one another. They have to be in conjunction with one another because you you the examples you're you're bringing up of of rape, of torture, of murder, and I'm you mentioned the Holocaust earlier. Think of these doctors taking little children and doing medical experimentations on these kids, and many of them died and many of them were permanently altered. You look at that and you think, yeah, I want some justice for that. I want some justice for that. But here's where it gets us as as Christians or just anyone is that we don't really want the mercy for that because that's the other thing, right? What if that Nazi doctor who performed those horrific, those horrific experiments on children. What if I've, I've got a, a episode in the works? I was going to record it today, but we we had to push it back uh, on sex trafficking. Do we really want a God that would forgive someone who would do that to a child, who would lure a child into that, or a, a, a young woman who's lured into that kind of industry and trapped there? Do we really want mercy for that? That's not something I would naturally want to give. I would be like, yeah. mm, lock them up and throw away the key. And yet God said no. 
No, my mercy is available to anyone who will repent and receive it. So when people go to hell, which is a doctrine that you mentioned that we have, obviously, in the Christian faith, and a lot of people who are deconstructing the faith, they're like, well, I can't believe God would send a good God would send people to hell for eternity. Well, he offers us mercy. And whether we look at that mercy on the level of the child who keeps stealing and breaking their their kids' toys, yes, there needs to be a consequence for that. But there's mercy offered. There's mercy and forgiveness offered. Or whether it's the Nazi doctor who's performing heinous experiments on children. <laughs> that, unfortunately, even as, I'm, even as I'm saying it, feels like a bridge too far. Yeah. And yet that's who our God is, right? He is yes. merciful to the point that he will forgive that person and offer them eternity with him. If all they have to do is repent, all they have to do. And so those are those characteristics that he invites us. Let's let's talk for a few minutes about the characteristics he invites us to reflect. Mm-hmm. Mercy is being one of them. Mm-hmm. And as I was just talking, I think we all come to that little place in life where God says, oh, I'm merciful for this. I am merciful for that person who stole from you. I'm merciful for that person who made you lose your job or spoke hatefully about you. I'm merciful for even that person, for for those those people in our listening audience who have gone through horrible, horrible abuse, whether that's just physical or verbal or even sexual abuse, that God offers mercy even there, how do we teach our kids and how do we reflect those attributes of God? Are you tired of constantly telling yourself, I shouldn't feel this way? Yet so many of us guilt trip or gaslight ourselves instead of working our way through those complicated feelings. You should be a good friend, even though you feel hurt by past betrayals. You should be content, even though you feel lonely or unfulfilled. We've all been there, haven't we? But what if there was a way to reset these toxic mental tapes that sabotage our days? Well, there is. In her groundbreaking new book, I Shouldn't Feel This Way, Dr. Allison Cook encourages you to not just silence those thoughts, but actually come face-to-face with them. You can find emotional freedom, learn to look through the haze of conflicted feelings, and move forward in your life with confidence. Pairing biblically sound principles with over 20 years of research and clinical practice, licensed therapist and best-selling author Dr. Allison Cook guides you through a practical three-step process to find freedom you crave. Change starts when you finally stop beating yourself up for the way that you feel and say, you know what? I do feel this way and I can finally do something about it. Take the first step towards clarity and peace today with I Shouldn't Feel This Way by Dr. Allison Cook. Available now wherever books are sold. Yes. Well, you know, thinking about God's mercy, this is again why it's so important for mm-hmm. us and for our children to understand, you know, we're never we're never going to fully understand God. You know, we, we can't. Mm-hmm. We're finite humans, but we can know him and we can know true things about him. And that's why we have to look at it holistically from the whole of scripture, because I think sometimes when we look at mercy, we tend to think of sometimes what we do and sometimes what we do is not 
actually forgiving others, we kind of mm-hmm. like let things be swept under the rug and just be like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. You know, it, it's, it's okay. It's not that big of a deal. We're, when we look at both the attributes of justice and mercy, mm-hmm. that we understand that the cross was the only way for God to be both just and merciful. Because, you know, for anyone who's listening, who has suffered, you know, horrible abuse or neglect or, you know, just terrible mistreatment by others, whether it's someone who has not turned from their sin or whether it's someone who has turned from their sin and trusted in Christ, God didn't, when God offers mercy, he doesn't just say, you know what, it's okay. I'm going to let this one slide. You know what? You belong to me. I'm going to let this one slide. Like, no, sin never slides. That if someone, well, well, when someone, you know, we're all sinners, but you know, scripture is clear that there are different degrees of sin, that that mm-hmm. all of our sin is a heinous crime against God and deserves separation from God. But, you know, Jesus even talks about, you know, people who knew the right thing to do, you know, and didn't do it, they're going to suffer more lashes, you know, than the person mm-hmm. who didn't know about this, you know, so it's not that all sin is equal in God's eyes. I, I don't think that that's a biblical doctrine. All sin is a, an offense against God and separates us from God, but all sin is not equal. You know, we even see that in God's law, you know, there was a different punishment for stealing something than there was for raping someone, you know. But I think what we need to remember is that if someone has turned from their sin and trusted in Christ, that offense has not been swept under the rug that Jesus bore God's wrath, that God's wrath has been satisfied. So anyone listening, you know, who has suffered just like this horrible abuse, God isn't just like, oh, I just forgive that person. So you have to be okay with that. That know that God is like, that justice has been served that, you know, like that sin, that wrath towards that sin was placed on Jesus and we can trust him with that. So that's why we have Mm -hmm. to understand who God is as a whole. And we want to teach that to our kids. Cause if we just teach them about God's mercy, God isn't just merciful. Like, yes, he is merciful, but that is not his exclusive attribute. So we have to make sure our kids understand this as a whole. And then we, for ourselves, you know, when we, when God invites us to reflect his mercy, this is, this is again, I think another mistake we sometimes make in the Christian community that we just teach this like blanket mercy Mm -hmm. where, you know, like God has not called us to have a hard heart towards others. You know, he has not called for us, you know, to hold bitterness, to allow roots of bitterness to grow. You know, those are things that are commanded against in scripture, but we are commanded to forgive as he has forgiven us. Mm -hmm. And how has he forgiven us? He hasn't turned a blind eye to our sin. He hasn't swept it under the rug. But when we repent, Jesus has borne the wrath for that. And so when someone repents of a sin that they've committed against us, we can extend that forgiveness because we can trust that that payment has already been made by Jesus. And we can trust that. But we're not just supposed to blanket go around being like, oh, I forgive everyone. Nothing, you know, like nothing ever affects me. Like, yes, we're always supposed to have this posture like Jesus did. You know, Jesus went to the cross before we repented. You know, Mm -hmm. so we're always supposed to have this willingness to extend mercy should someone repent. You know, but we're not just supposed to blanket go around being like, I extend mercy, extend mercy. You know, that that's not what Jesus has done for us. So I think this is again another reason why it's so important for us to Mm -hmm. understand and for us to teach our children, you know, who God actually is, so that we don't just get these small pieces of him that are Mm -hmm. 
because God can't be divided up, you know, he, he right. can't be divided up into individual parts. We have right. to understand it as a whole. So I don't know if that completely answered your question, but I think, I think that's <sighs> something that's just really important for us to teach our children. There is so much beautiful theology in what you just shared, just the idea. And I, I don't know, maybe there's someone listening right now who has some abuse in their background and they think I'm just supposed to forgive and that it, that it's just okay. No, it's not okay. It's not okay what happened to you. It's not okay. I know I have friends who have had heinous things happen to their children. Mm. And sometimes they happen, God forbid, in a religious circle. And mm. it would be better for whoever did that to have a millstone tied around their neck and thrown yes. into the sea than to hurt yes. one of these little ones. That's what Jesus says. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to forgive. And the, the point that you make so beautifully is it's not okay. It's so not okay mm -hmm. what happened that Jesus died to take the wrath of what that person did upon him. So yes, if that person does repent, they can receive God's mercy as well. But through that payment that he took, that, that we can know that his mercy is extended to us and that enables us to be, because God doesn't, yes, he commands us to forgive because we have been forgiven but also to release that because otherwise we're going to live in bitterness. Mm -hmm. And and that is going to be the fruit that comes from our lives. And nothing good can come of that, that we can actually be free from that thing that happened to us. And we can be redeemed and God can use that, as he says in Romans eight twenty eight for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So I, I think that is beautiful. So it talked to us just a little bit more in our closing moments. What are a few of the other things that are you think are really important that we understand in terms of reflecting God's attributes? Well, one thing that we continually come back to in this curriculum is we talk about how it's that God is kindly inviting us mm. to reflect these things, you know, and as he conforms us as Christians more into the image of his son, that we will more and more reflect these things, but also just make sure again, that we're, you know, all of God's attributes, whether it's the attributes that he alone has, or the attributes that he invites us to reflect, they're ultimately pointing us back to the gospel because mm. you know, God has, especially with these attributes that he invites us to reflect, these are things that he, he is perfectly, you know, he is the mm -hmm. perfect example of each of them. And we continually see, you know, that in these things that God calls us to, that he calls us to be wise, he calls us to be faithful, he calls us to be just, he calls us to be merciful and gracious and loving and holy, you know, all of these attributes that he calls us to reflect, we consistently fail to measure mm -hmm. up to that. But Jesus's perfect righteousness, Jesus's perfect holiness, his perfect love, his perfect faithfulness, his perfect wisdom, his perfect goodness, his perfect justice, his perfect mercy, you know, like his perfect grace, all of those are imputed on us, meaning, and we don't use the word imputed with, um, with four-year-olds, but we talk about how, you know, like we have been clothed with all these things. So even mm -hmm. though we consistently fail when we have turned from our sin and trusted in Jesus, and we've been reconciled in our relationship to God, that when God views us, ultimately he mm -hmm. views us as perfectly faithful, as perfectly good, as perfectly loving, as perfectly holy, not because right now we're living those things out perfectly, but because what Jesus has done has then been given to mm -hmm. us. And so just so that our children can rest 
in that, you know, that we Uh are called to all of these things and we're going to try and we are going to, in some ways fail, but we can rest in the fact that knowing that Jesus has done all of these things perfectly Mm -hmm. on our behalf and for us. And we want our kids to know that so that, yes, there are these things for us to strive towards. There Mm -hmm. are these things for us to strive towards, but we can also rest in God's grace. And a lot of times, you know, in this deconstruction movement, a lot of times people get really heavily involved in the social justice movement, Mm -hmm. which knowing that God is a God of justice, we should seek to be just as God defines justice. But Mm -hmm. in what is very popular, the very popular social justice movement, it's always talking about the work that needs to be done, Mm -hmm. where the gospel is actually just the opposite, that yes, we Mm -hmm. are called to do certain things and we are called to honor God, but the work has already been done for us by Jesus. And we want our kids to understand these things about the character and nature of God so that they then understand these things about themselves so that then they're not swept up just into these really big cultural topics where words like love and justice are twisted from their actual biblical definitions that yes, we want our kids to be loving. We want them to practice justice. We want them to seek these things. We want them to be merciful, but we want to understand what does it actually mean? What do these things mean? What does it look like? And how we can actually rest in the fact that Jesus has already perfectly completed all of these things in the law for us. Mm. What you're talking about there is what uh, we talked about in a recent episode about identity, resting in our identity mm-hmm. in Christ. That's that's the foundation. That was uh, an episode with Robbie Angle. We talked about what it needs to be at the foundation of our discipleship efforts and resting in that understanding that Christ has accomplished this, that it's not in our striving. It's not in our work. It's not in our, you know, we can't, we can't make ourselves holy but we do work out our salvation where, you know, there's a balance. We, we do work that out, but he's accomplished that. And he is, he loves us. He adores us. He is pleased with us. And Robbie said it like this. We're saints that sometimes sin and, and that we're not sinners just trying to seek God's approval, mm. but we're saints that sometimes sin and that he is, he has accomplished all of this for us. All we have to do is sit with open arms and receive it and allow that to permeate our being. And as we grow into that, we become more like him and we reflect these attributes that you so beautifully described that we can reflect of God. We, we exemplify that more fully. And our children will exemplify that more fully. It's awesome. I love this. I think this is an amazing curriculum. I can't wait to try this with my kids. Elizabeth, you have knocked it out of the park again. Not surprising. You have, by the way, fully maintained your five-star guest rating on CPCW. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) There is so much wisdom and truth and beauty and and the curriculums that you have created. And they couldn't be more on point with what parents need in order to build the proper spiritual foundation for their kids. So please tell our listeners where they can learn more about you and Foundation Worldview and this specific curriculum on the attributes of God. Yes. Well, if you remember our organization name, Foundation Worldview, it's pretty easy to find us. Just go to foundationworldview.com, foundationworldview.com, and you can find out all the information about our curriculums and our other resources that we have available. Awesome. Thanks again, Elizabeth, for helping us to learn who God is according to his words, what he expresses in scripture, according not according to our culture or even to what other Christians and 
perhaps even Christian leaders say that he is, but who God says that he is himself. When we know this as parents, we can help our kids to stand strong in the faith. And I know that's our goal, moms and dads. Thank you for helping us do that, Elizabeth. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Catherine. You know, moms and dads, I I never know where the conversations are going to go. And I have a guest on the show. I I do a lot of research and I create an outline and I come up with a a lot of questions, but I, I don't really know where the conversation might lead. This conversation with Elizabeth, honestly, it really surprised me. The topic at hand was the attributes of God. And I knew specifically that I wanted to talk about what deconstructionists often get wrong about God. But I I had no idea that we would dig in so deeply to the concept of God's wrath against the heinous things that human beings can do to other human beings here on earth. And we would really dig into the topic of abuse. And as we did... I got the unmistakable sense that God God was leading us here because he wanted someone to know that these awful things that have happened throughout history are not okay. And more importantly, he wants you to know that the awful things that happened to you or to someone you love are not okay. They're not okay. I'm reminded of a modern-day hymn that you've probably heard by Stuart Townsend and Keith Getty. It's called In Christ Alone. It's it's one of my all-time favorites. And one of the verses from this incredible hymn says, In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God and helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones He came to save. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied for every sin on him was laid here in the death of Christ. I live. Oh, chokes me up. These these lyrics are so deep and so rich. You know, there is a a very large mainline denomination in the United States that wanted to publish this hymn in their hymnal, but they objected to the line that said, the wrath of God was satisfied. Townsend and Getty wouldn't budge on the line. They, They wouldn't rewrite it to get in the hymnal. So the denomination didn't publish this incredible hymn. I tell you, I want God to feel wrath towards people who would who would harm and abuse children. I want God to feel wrath towards people who are involved in sex trafficking. I want God to feel wrath towards rapists and and murderers. I think that wrath is the appropriate response to those acts of evil. And according to scripture, wrath is the appropriate response to your sin and to mine. As Elizabeth pointed out, not all sin is equal, and it doesn't have equal consequences or punishments, but all sin separates us from a holy God. So to answer the question I posed at the top of this episode, how can God forgive sins like abuse, rape, and murder? The hymn from Stuart Townsend and Keith Getty tells us 
till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. God's anger towards sin is satisfied in Christ alone. That is how God can forgive every heinous sin that has ever been committed. And every little sin, all sin, is satisfied in Christ. All we have to do is accept that sacrifice. To be clear, again, that doesn't mean that all of those heinous sins are okay. In fact, they are so not okay that Jesus himself died to pay the price for what someone has done to you. He loved you that much to make sure that the evil that happens in this world is punished. I really hope that comforts some wounded hearts out there. I do. I know that it comforts mine. If you if you think you're interested in Elizabeth's new curriculum on the attributes of God, and, you know, frankly, why wouldn't you be? You can get a 10% discount by using the code CPCW10. And like I said last week, I don't receive anything if you sign up for that. And I, I just love these resources for our kiddos, and I want you to enjoy them too. So head on over to foundationworldview.com to get that discount. I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and following me on Facebook and Instagram? And maybe you could say that Christian Parent Crazy World is the best podcast you've ever heard in your entire life. uh, Just a thought. Uh, and be sure to check out my website, which is katherineseegers.com. That's Catherine with a C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. And if you subscribe, I will be sure to send you some really cool free stuff and notify you of future podcasts, articles, and blogs. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free story behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.